This podcast from Faith Bible Church in Reno, Nevada. Faith Bible Church is a Christ-centered Bible teaching ministry dedicated to bringing the good news of the gospel to the whole world. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And now for this week's message from Pastor Alan Battle. Peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the final Faith Bible Church virtual Sunday sermon. We hope Next week, we're going to begin meeting at the church building, and we will be taking social distancing precautions. I hope to see you then. Monday is Memorial Day, and this weekend we remember those in the armed forces of our nation who have paid the ultimate price to secure our freedom. So let's pray. Lord, we lift up all the families and friends of our fallen men and women in uniform. We pray your peace would keep them and give them hope. Help them remember the sacrifices of their loved ones with tears of pride as well as sorrow, knowing their loved ones didn't die in vain, but secured our liberties for another generation. We also pray for each military member and their families, for their protection and provision. We pray for protection for our soldiers in the field of service and for their families here at home. Father, Reveal yourself to all who are currently serving or those whose service has been completed. We ask that you cover them with your love and that you heal any who have been wounded in their spirits. Show them how your son sacrificed to make them free, just as they have sacrificed for their countrymen and women. Lord, we pray for the leadership of our military, from the president on down, that they would look to you and to your word to guide their decisions. Father, we pray that you would uphold the biblical values that this nation was founded upon, liberty and justice for all. And now, Lord, we ask that you calm our hearts from all the worries of our week and the fears for the future. And we ask that you give us clear minds and receptive hearts that we might hear you clearly through your word today. In the name of the one who died for our freedom, our warrior King Jesus. Amen. Well, my son-in-law is a huge 49ers fan. He grew up in San Francisco. But do you know where the football team got its name? In January of 1848, gold was discovered at Sutter's Mill on the American River in California. And in spite of John Sutter's attempts to keep it quiet, the news spread. And soon, a small-time newspaperman in a little village on a California bay began walking through the streets, holding aloft a vial of gold, shouting, gold, gold, gold from the American River. That little village was San Francisco. Soon, across the continent, the New York Herald picked up the story, generating a flood of fortune seekers headed for California. By the end of 1849, the gold rush had spread around the world. 
the word of the gold rush had spread around the world. And overwhelming numbers of gold seekers, dubbed 49ers, began to arrive from virtually every continent. Americans and foreigners alike arriving by the tens of thousands, overland in wagons and over the waves in sailing ships. And by the end of the rush in 1855, over 300,000 49ers had come. San Francisco became a major hub, bringing miners and necessary supplies to support the growing population. The city grew from a small settlement of about 200 residents in 1846 to a boom town of 36,000 by 1852. The 49ers had given up everything to pursue their dreams. They left families and farms and businesses. They risked sickness and death. And in the end, some became fabulously rich by digging for gold. But today, I want to talk about a different kind of gold digging. In order to find this gold, one must give up everything he has to obtain it. This is the gold also known as wisdom. In chapter one of Proverbs, we were introduced to Lady Wisdom. Wisdom is personified as a woman who calls fools to come away from their foolishness. In that passage, she warns of the dire consequences for those who refuse to listen to her. Calamity will overtake them suddenly without warning or remedy, and they will die. In Proverbs 9, Lady Wisdom is competing with Madam Folly for guests to come to their respective banquets. Lady Wisdom's table offers life abundantly. Madam Folly's delicacies entice fools to their graves. In our passage today, in chapter 8 of Proverbs, Lady Wisdom appears again. Here, she's going to lay out the specific benefits that she offers to those who will come to her. She has three gifts to offer, righteousness, justice, and enduring wealth. So we're going to look at those three gifts, righteousness, justice, and enduring wealth. Let's turn to God's word. If you've got your Bible handy, uh, get it. It's going to be helpful as we go along today. Proverbs, beginning chapter 8, verse 1. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? In the heights beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates, in the front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries aloud. To you, O men, I call, and my cry is to the children of men. O simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. Hear, for I will speak noble things, and from my lips will come what is right. For my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteous. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are all straight to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than jewels and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil, pride and arrogance, and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight. I have strength. By me, kings reign, and rulers decree what is just. By me, princes rule, and nobles all who govern justly. 
I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even fine gold, and my yield than choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness, in the paths of justice, granting inheritance to those who love me and filling their treasuries. This is the eternal and holy word of God. Before we get into the three great benefits of wisdom, I want to look at Lady Wisdom's offer first. So in verse 1, it says, Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights, beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates, in front of the town, and at the entrance of the portals, she cries. So notice, this is not a secret that one must discover. It's a message that cannot be ignored. She's calling out loudly to all who hear her. She's raising her voice in the city. In the Greek translation of the Old Testament, the word translated call is the word caruso. This is the word used dozens of times in the New Testament for proclaiming or preaching the gospel. Like in Matthew 4, 17, where it says, At the beginning of his public ministry, Jesus began to preach, Caruso, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And in Acts 28, 31, it says that Paul boldly and without hindrance preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. So wisdom is preaching something, and she's doing it in the most trafficked areas of the town, on the heights from where all could hear her, at the crossroads where people arrive from the four corners of the world, at the gates where the most important matters of business and government were transacted, and not just the main gates, but all the portals of the city. Such a proclamation in an ancient city would not be able to go unnoticed by any who lived there. This reminded me of Psalm 19, where it says that the heavens are proclaiming the glory of God and goes on to say in verse 3, there is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the end of the world. Like wisdom's call, the knowledge of God is being broadcast to the whole earth every day and night. And I do not believe the use of Caruso in the Greek Old Testament was a coincidence. That Greek translation, also known as the Septuagint, was the Bible that Paul and the other apostles used in their ministries. Greek was the common language used throughout the Roman Empire. And wisdom's call is ultimately a call to believe and receive the gospel. Look at Matthew 24, 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed, Caruso, throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. And to whom does she make this call? Look at verses 4 and 5 back in Proverbs. To you, O men, I call, and my cry is to the children of man. O simple ones, learn prudence. Oh, fools, learn sense. So it's to all the sons and daughters of Adam. That's exactly what the Hebrew word for man is here, Adam. 
this message is for all mankind who are included in Adam's fall and are as a result stained by sin. So it's a message for everyone, but especially for simple ones and for the fools. The simple one is a person who is naive, not rebellious. It is someone who is easily deceived, someone who doesn't have life experience. But the fool is a different story. We've gotten a little glimpse of him so far in our study of Proverbs. He is the one who refuses to listen to counsel. He follows his own mind and loves to hear himself talk. And wisdom's call requires a response. There's a command here. Learn. Learn prudence. Learn sense. It means to attend to, to pay attention. And she reinforces that command in the next line. In chapter, in uh, verse 6. Listen, for I shall speak noble things. And the opening of my lips will produce right things. Listen, she says. The command is for us to hear what she is saying. Don't ignore her. Now, jump down to verses 10 and 11 for yet another command. It says, take my instruction instead of the silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than jewels and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. So this time we're instructed to take it. Wisdom is a gift that must be received. You have to reach out and grab it. You must accept her offer. But to do so, you must have a change of heart. Remember that the motto of the book of Proverbs is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That fear is born out of a realistic view of sinful state before God. Look at verse 13 in this passage. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Jesus said that whoever does not believe in him is condemned because the light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than light because their works were evil. Until we come to repentance, we do not hate evil. We love it. But when we see it for what it is and begin to hate it, we turn away from it and towards Jesus. So wisdom urges us to listen, learn, and take from her. But she's a lady, and she will not push herself on anyone. But she does do her best to persuade us. So why should we listen, learn, and take her offer? Because it produces righteousness. Let's go back to verse 6. Listen, for I shall speak noble things, and the opening of my lips will produce right things. The English word for noble goes back to the original medieval meaning as pertaining to the ruling nobility. It's translated as prince several times throughout the Old Testament. It is the ideal of a righteous ruler, one who rules under the authority of God. And what comes from the lips of a truly noble person is what is right. This is the word translated elsewhere as equity. Wisdom is fair. Wisdom does, does righteous things. It doesn't please itself at the expense of others. Just as the righteous prince lives to serve his people, wisdom serves her hearers. And wisdom sees life through a clear lens of truth. There is no fogginess or distortion. Look at verses 7 and 8. For my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All of the words of my mouth are righteous. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. 
Wisdom's words have not been corrupted by the fall because they are the very words of God. Wickedness is a synonym for evil. Wicked words are twisted crooked. They're like broken tools. They cannot accomplish the task they were intended to do, which is to convey truth. Wicked words are an abomination to wisdom. That means that she is repelled by them. They're loathsome. They're disgusting to her. When you hang around with her, you can't bring that nasty stuff into her presence. It's like when guys watch their mouths around their mother. They don't want to offend her. But wisdom's words are righteous. This word is used about 700 times in the Old Testament to describe God and those who fear him. And we learn in Romans that righteousness is not something that we can achieve by our own efforts. It is something that God gives us when we trust in him. When Paul explains this in Romans 4, he quotes Genesis 15:6, where it says that Abraham believed God and accounted it righteousness to him. It's the same Hebrew word found here in verse 8. Now look at 1 Corinthians 1, starting in verse 28. And the base things of the world and the despised God has chosen, the things that are not, that he might nullify the things that are, that no man should boast before God, but by his doing you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. That just as it is written, he let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Wisdom is personified as a woman in the book of Proverbs, but wisdom was incarnated in the person of Jesus Christ. He became to us the wisdom of God. We have to bring, we have nothing to bring to the table. We have nothing to boast of. He bestows on us all of our righteousness, And then he sanctifies us, which is the ongoing process of becoming progressively more righteous. Righteousness is a gift to those who listen to the words of wisdom, but it is not a one-time thing. It is a gift that keeps on giving. It's the same word used in Psalm 23.3, where it says, He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. The paths are the journeys that you and I take through this life. We are guided by wisdom to walk through those paths in righteousness. Those who have opened their hearts and minds to wisdom are then enabled to continue to listen to her. It begins when we learn the fear of the Lord, but continues throughout our lives. Look at verse 9. This is from the New American Standard Bible. It says, They are all straightforward to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. So the beginning of wisdom is our initial salvation. And that enables us to continue to listen to the straightforward and right words of wisdom and to grow in righteousness thereby. The second benefit of listening to wisdom is justice. We've already seen that wisdom gives us noble and princely words to live by. Here in verses 14 and 15 and 16, that connection is made explicit. Verse 14, Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. Power is mine. By me kings reign and rulers decree justice. By me princes rule and nobles, all who judge rightly. Wise rulers surround themselves with wise counselors. They receive the best and most relevant knowledge for them 
and knowledge is power. What does this have to do with justice, though? Well, justice is not merely the meeting out of retribution for wrongdoing. Justice is the righteous ordering of society. Paul tells us in Romans 13 that rulers are God's servants for your good. And that if we do good, we will receive their approval. We pay taxes so, so that they can wisely administer the government for the good of the people. But these verses are not speaking exclusively of kings and rulers. They apply to all who have leadership positions. Notice verse 16 says, princes and nobles and all who judge rightly. So wisdom is there to be your counselor in whatever leadership capacity you hold, be it in your position at work or as a mother or father or as a leader in your church or your community. Wisdom promises to enable you to administer justice in your own sphere of, of influence. You might say, well, I'm none of those things. But every human being has one very important leadership role. We all have the responsibility to rule ourselves. We're all called to bring order out of the chaos of this world by justly governing ourselves. And as a result of the gospel, we now have the power to exercise that authority. Sin no longer has a rule over us. We are now free to bring our flesh under submission to our renewed will, a will that desires to please and obey God. Now, the third and final benefit of wisdom's call is the gift of enduring wealth. Look at verses 17 through 21. I love those who love me, and those who diligently seek me will find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even pure gold, and my yield than choice of silver. I walk in the way of justice, in the midst of the path of justice, to endow those who love me with wealth, that I may fill their treasuries. Notice the personal relationship here. Wisdom says that she loves those who love her, and then showers her loved ones with wealth, wealth that is better than gold. So, do we love wisdom for what we can get out of her? Impossible. I chose a, a provocative title for this sermon, Gold Digging. A gold digger is someone who enters into a relationship for the wealth that they can get out of it. Love has nothing to do with it. It is purely a selfish pursuit. But the only way that you and I can enter into this relationship with wisdom is through entering into a love relationship with Jesus Christ. John tells us that we love him because he first loved us. We come responding to his loving invitation to come unto him for forgiveness and rest. We come recognizing the incredible love that motivated him to go to the cross and suffer and to die for our sins. And when we do, we enter into the joy of a loving relationship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We are adopted into the family and inherit the kingdom along with the son. Those who those are enduring riches. Any pursuit of earthly riches will prove to be a pursuit of fool's gold. The gold that we are digging will endure. It will last forever. Now, by the end of the California gold rush, some gold miners had become extremely wealthy, but they were the fortunate few. The majority did not fare so well. Some lost everything. 
most earned little more than they started with. But do you know who did get rich? People who sold that false dream. Do you remember that San Francisco newsman who called out through the streets with his vial of gold shouting, gold, gold, gold from the American River? His name was William Brannan. And by selling supplies to the miners at outrageous prices, he became California's first millionaire. And for most people, the promise of striking it rich in California turned out to be an unrealized dream, a false promise. But the promises of lady wisdom are as sure as the character of God, who cannot lie. She promises righteousness. It's not a righteousness of our own. It is the righteousness that is ours in Christ, who exchanges our sinfulness for his righteousness. And she promises justice. We are given the authority and the ability to bring righteous order to our own lives, as well as to those whom we impact. And she promises enduring wealth. Jesus said not to lay up treasure on earth where moth and rust destroys. William Brannan ended up as a tragic figure. California's first millionaire died alone and a pauper. But we have an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. An inheritance kept in heaven for us. You and I are co-heirs with Christ and will one day inherit the kingdom with him. Are you listening for wisdom's call? Are you digging for the gold that will endure forever? Let's pray. Father God, we praise you that you offer us everything we need. Lord, that you give us every tool available to live this life in a righteous and just way, Lord, that will never fade away that will endure forever. So we give you praise, Lord. We ask that you would uh, sink this deeply into our hearts that we might go through this week, knowing that you're with us and that you are using us to advance your kingdom. We give you praise and honor and glory in the name above all names, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So our benediction today comes from Romans chapter 11, verses 33 and 36. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. See you next Sunday. Thank you for listening to the preaching of God's Word from Faith Bible Church in Reno, Nevada. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you and that the Word of God will fill your hearts and minds as you walk through this world. If you have been blessed by this ministry and would like to make a small donation to help defray the cost of this podcast, just click on the green Support Us button at the top of the webpage. Thank you.